This is Big Sports Radio, SEC edition. Now with your hosts, Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, and Brad Sturdy. Big Sports Radio, SEC, and here we go, Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy. Mike Hagley, glad you're with us here as we, uh, boy, once again, lots to talk about here uh, in the next hour. Obviously, the big news down in Tuscaloosa. Anything going on? Anybody? I don't know. Like, change jobs? No, there. Um, we'll talk a little <laughs> hoops as well. And a bit later, uh, the great Tony Barnhart, uh, one of the great uh, voices in the college football space. We'll catch up with him as well to talk about uh, Nick Saban, 72 years young, deciding that he's had enough uh, walking away. Um, you know, when we get great coaches like this and that this happens, um, you know, we know they're the goat. There's no question at all that, that, that he is, uh, he's the man, he is the goat. It's, I think it's undisputed in this, uh, in this case, um, uh, the guy he brings in, uh, interesting hire, Kalen DeBoer coming in fresh off, um, taking Washington to its first ever college football playoff championship. Um, you know, great move for Kalen, but boy, really big shoes to fill in Tuscaloosa. It is tough. I mean, you're replacing the goat. It's not easy. And and I think Kalen DeBoer is a fantastic football coach. You look at what he's done. Um, he's been really successful um, at different stops, especially offensive mind. I think he's going to bring something to this. I, I think he will bring something to this Alabama team. Maybe they didn't have. The problem is, is what you've lost is probably greater than what he's bringing. When you talk portal, you talk Saban, you talk the best recruiting head coach in the history of college football. Yeah, I think he shows a lot of courage because to be the guy after the man is probably the ultimate challenge in sports. You know, the person who follows, you know, you you pick you pick the legend. It generally doesn't turn out to be the greatest story in the world. And you know, to 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 take that and deal with the expectations of the Alabama fan base, which has been very spoiled by what Nick Saban has put on the field year in and year out. And then to do that during a time of change with, with the transfer portal NIL and the 12 team playoff starting, it, it, it shows he has very much the courage of conviction to come to Tuscaloosa and throw your hat in the ring. Yeah. I think about, you know, the goats in college basketball coaching would be John Wooden. I mean, you guys have a connection, but does anybody know the guy who replaced John Wooden? The average fan, <laughs> right? I mean, 40 years later, Ben Howland's there, three final four trips on his resume as UCLA coach, 40 years after after uh, uh, Wooden left, after he retired, and was fired because he only won 69% of his games in, in basketball. Oh. I mean, you know, I mean, it's it's it is it is so hard to do. And uh, you're exactly right. By the way, Larry, Gene Bartow. There you go. There you go. I, I knew you knew. I knew you knew. Mike, you knew that too, right? Yes. That one that yeah. one was a gimme. Yeah, that's one. But you know, a little history there. So um, but so many guys, so many don't know. Um, and to your point, they kind of get lost in the shuffle. Um, and again, UCLA, one of those. I think Alabama a little different because it's it's football, it's Alabama football, uh, a little bit different. But but, but they had the previous GOAT they had, they had a hard time replacing him. Exactly. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Barrett Bryant was not easy to replace for them. And so, and obviously the world's different now. The, the competition level is so high in the SEC. Everybody has money now. There's no, you know, because the television contracts, it's going to be tough. I, now, I think Kalen Moore's good. But the other part is like, if you go nine and three, like it's a, 
it's a bad year in Alabama. Right. I mean, Saban's won 10 or 11 or 12 games every year, except yeah. for the shortened year, and then they won them all and won the national title. But other than, I mean, it's been, I mean, since that first season, he's just been dominant, and it's hard to replace that. Yeah, I, I I think it'll be it'll be a lot of fun to see what he does down there because Saban had an obsession and a way of doing things, and DeBoer is going to come in with his own way of doing things. And there's 17 years of culture that this is the way it's done, you know, from the support outside of the football program, and it's going to be amazing to see all the the, the moving pieces that is, are going to be changed up and what that is going to affect is going to have on Alabama. Well, and the financial uh, effect we were talking last week with our friend Joe Gaither from Bama central. And he was telling us how, you know, college football weekends in Tuscaloosa. Now there's a value uh, of $20 million in revenue every single weekend that there's a college football game, a tied home game there in Tuscaloosa. I mean, so if you're not winning 10, 11 games anymore, what happens to that over time is that a road that was built up by Saban and all that success. So it's not just the wins on the field. It's the financial end um, as well. Let's uh, hear from Kalen DeBoer uh, as he was introduced to the media uh, as the new Crimson Tide head coach. It's a privilege um, to be to be chosen to be in this role. It's one I don't take lightly. Um, and I know that Coach Saban's been working hard to make sure that this program is in a great spot for the next person to take over. I think there's, he hasn't told me this, but I think there's an intentionality um, that's been in place. You know, you kind of figure out, um, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I think you kind of know at some point, you don't know when that point is, but you want to make sure it's in a great place. And as you can see, just from this past season, um, it's in a great place. And being in a room last night where, you know, I saw a team that has stuck together. Greg talked about 72 hours, okay? I want you to put yourself in those guys' shoes, okay? The legendary coach, okay, that they came to play for, all right? And now what's next? And I can't tell you how much I appreciate them already. And I've had multiple meetings last night, today with them, individually, leadership groups. I, I know how badly they want to continue the tradition how they want to do it the right way and them just getting to know me here in just a few hours it's been a blast and I can't wait for the journey that lies ahead but coach Saban thank you for all you've done um, for laying the foundation for myself this and the rest of this uh, staff that will hire and these players to continue to build on everything you've, you've done here so thank you He's the best in the business to ever do it. I'm just, I'm just going to make sure that's all known, that that's how I feel. And 100% uh, access, okay, to everything. I would be a fool if that wasn't the case. I would be a fool. And uh, I'm going to ask him that he uh, shows up and make sure he gives me at least one thing every day. I'm sure he's going to have 10. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be good with that. But uh, at least one thing that he sees uh, that we can get better at. And so... Um, I also think it's it's so important to understand that uh, most programs don't just have, they, they don't even have one legend, right? Uh, that that's in their program or have come through through the years. And we have probably more than two if you really want to talk about it, but uh, Coach Bryant, right? And 
I talked to Coach Saban yesterday. He spoke of that. And, you know, that just right there told me um, just how humble uh, he is and how grateful he has been to follow in someone else's shoes and continue to build on what we have here at Alabama. When it's about winning, um, you know, it's also about a culture. And I will share with our guys that as we already have here a culture that is contagious, and you'll hear me say that many times, I cannot wait to add to that, continue to make it to where you can feel through the TV screen when someone's watching a game, how hard our guys play and how much they love each other and care for each other and how badly they want to win for all of you. And, you know, the culture will be contagious and more and more people, just as it's been, will want to continue to be a part of this. I think he's got a great approach there. He's got to, you know, you're embracing this, right? I mean, you're taking this on, you're taking on this opportunity, this challenge. And, and, and he understands, I, I don't think anyone, I think he understands more than anyone that, you know, I've got to win now and I've got 27 transfer portal and, uh, or have committed somewhere else. So I've got to figure this out in, in a hurry. Yeah. And, and the amazing thing is, is that I believe the last time that, um, Alabama lost three games in a season was 2010. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> that probably included a bowl game too, right? Yeah, yeah. the the ex the expectation oh, wow. the expectation that these that, that these fans are going to have. And the funny thing is, is it is also a new world because three losses in the SEC might put you in in the tournament. So it, right. it, the fans are going to get their head around it. And then, you know, are you going to be in a situation like the Cowboys are in where you you make it to the NFL playoffs and you decide that, you know, do we have to fire our coach every year if they don't go so far in the playoffs? And, and Alabama's got a richer tradition than the Cowboys do. I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see the reaction between the fan base, the new tradition, and how they're going to deal with it. Yeah, Alabama fans always travel very well in the postseason. We know that. But they've never had to go to Columbus or Ann Arbor in, in December. So will they travel there? <laughs> it's, it is it is a new yeah. world all the way around. And you guys mentioned, in terms of now it's the roster situation. How many, uh, more than two dozen, have decided to to either decommit or 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 leave via the transfer portal? I mean, weren't you telling us that a, a moment yeah. ago? I, I think it's 27, maybe 28 now. Even actually, we have another one as we were on the air. But it seems to be... <laughs> Pretty prevalent. And, and the other thing is they're not just guys who are on the bench. I mean, some of them were guys who were on the bench. They've lost starting uh, young guys who were starting in the secondary, young guys who are starting in the offensive line, defensive line, linebacker. Every They've lost a lot of guys that they were expecting back, and that's why a lot of people had them with Saban as number one next year going into the season because of what they had returning. Yeah, and you can imagine the – dismay despite the 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 stellar resume of DeBoer uh that that some of these kids you know they came here to play in large part they love Alabama but they probably the mystique of Nick Saban and you get here and now you're that's not a part of the deal well you can understand why they would at least want to look around I also think there probably be a number of them who will decide to stay because they get resold which is a responsibility that coaches have that they didn't used to have to worry about reselling your each team member after each season. 
Yeah, and you're going to have to do that in a, in a big way and in a hurry as well, to your point. And to hold on to as many of these guys as you can, get your system implemented as fast as you can because there's Georgia right there that's among the nation's elite. Ole Miss is coming in trying to, you know, they're right now the number three team in the conference. And, oh, yeah, by the way, you've got fellow CFP, uh, your running mate, Texas, uh, coming in as well as Oklahoma. So um, the stakes were never higher. Um, and, again, in terms of the dollars, not only these other SEC schools with money, but the Big Ten schools with money as well. So um, new world in college football, no question, with Saban out and DeBoer in in Tuscaloosa. Hey, little hoops here. Um, UK basketball, tough loss last week on the road at Texas A&M. Uh, in overtime, the Aggies playing a solid game, and maybe they're about to round into the form that we thought they would be at the start of the season when so many picked them to win the SEC. Uh, UK coming up big. Uh, meanwhile, Wednesday night, they get a home win against Mississippi State. Coach John Calipari, 400th win at UK. What a milestone for uh, the Hall of Famer. Yeah, boy, they, they have bounced back. I mean, we were like going into this year, it was like Calipari's got to finally do something. They look good. I mean, I really like their team. I feel like, you know, um, they're really developing. They're they're playing much better. Uh, Reeves obviously can score, but Dillingham has been the guy who's really emerged um, as a really good player. Um, you know, the young guys, you know, Reed Shepard, Dwan Wagner, and Dillingham really getting better all the time and getting, uh, you know, Bradshaw is got a, is a guy who's who's helped them. So they're kind of getting right at the right time as they go into conference play. I feel like they're a team that has a chance to make a run at the end. Yeah, and Calipari needed that badly. Kentucky isn't used to this long not having a national title. Kind of sounds like we're talking about Alabama here, but um, it, it's <laughs> it's one of those things that that he's got a lot of pressure on him and you have to produce at at the blue bloods uh, of of the top of the sport, whether it's football or basketball. Twelve long years since their last NCAA championship. <laughs> uh, nine years <laughs> since their last Final Four. Um, yeah, and in it's the been blue a desert, that's forever. I mean, you know, <laughs> it I mean, is. Tubby Smith got tired. It is. That. Yeah, in Kentucky. That's that's forever. So yeah, it's it's not just winning now, but even the fan base as excited as they are in the bluegrass and BBN. Uh, you also understand that they're holding out and waiting and, and as much goodwill as there is for John Calipari right now, that all disappears immediately if they don't get to the final four. And I think even at least get to the second weekend. I'm not sure even if that will save them because they haven't gotten there in a few years as well. So, uh, so there you have it. Hey, more hoops coming up. We're going to talk about uh, some other teams in the SEC, Tennessee, Auburn, both playing well, Bama taking on them. And again, a bit later, uh, Tony Barnhart comes in and joins us talking more about uh, Nick Saban and uh, the SEC as we move past the GOAT uh, into the post-Saban era in the SEC. Keep it here. Big Sports Radio, SEC continues after this. Everything is expensive right now. Gas, food, you name it. You're spending more, you're making the same or less money. So, what do you do? You rack up credit card debt, that's what you do. It's not your fault, it's the economy. And guess what? If you rack up too much credit card debt like some of us, you can't pay your bills. Then the credit card companies, as nice as they are, start hounding you for money. Then you start your downward spiral. A smart thing for you to do is to call the Zero Debt. They can help you consolidate all your credit card bills into one affordable payment. Millions of people have done it. It works to make you debt-free. Make this free call right now. 
It costs you nothing to learn more. Installed home security system of 2022. And right now, you can get Vivint's home security technology for about a dollar a day. Plus, get free professional installation from a licensed technician. Protect your home and loved ones for as low as a dollar a day. Call right now for your free home security consultation. 800 613 8053. 800 613 8053. 800-613-8053. That's 800-613-8053. SEC Radio. We're going to talk some SEC hoops. I know I know. we always talk SEC football, but SEC's pretty good in hoops too, Mike. And so let, let's talk about this. I... Uh, one team that has really kind of flown under the radar thus far has been Auburn. Auburn is sits right now, um, you know, and as one of the clearly the the record wise, they're a top team. They're fourteen and two. Ken Palm has them fifth in the country right now, but their best win is probably Texas A and M at home. So they haven't maybe, you know, they lost Baylor on neutral site, lost Appalachian State, but they're 14-2 and they've been really impressive. Thoughts on this team? I mean, what do you think about, is, is Auburn for real, first of all, and how about the job Bruce Pearl has done with this group? Well, Bruce Pearl is, uh, he's got a lot of attributes as a coach. He's he's very good at what he does. And, and of course, he had some, He's had some interesting run-ins with the NCAA that have maybe uh, hurt his career a little bit, but he can coach, and his teams have historically been fantastic defensively. And if you can compare him even like to look at in the Big Ten, Brad Underwood and Tom Izzo talk about how defense, you know, travels. And certainly Pearl is a huge believer in that. So even if his teams don't look as sexy as other teams, I look at him as a threat to to win in the NCAA tournament because you're not going to have an easy game against his team. Period. Yeah, they always they always guard. I mean, they're yep. defensively they're always solid. I, I really Bruce Pearl. So I I used to go to uh, take my kids to when Bruce Pearl was at Southern Indiana and I was coaching. I used to take my kids to the Southern Indiana basketball camp down there. Ran a great camp. Got to got to meet, got to know Bruce Pearl. Of course, at that time, I was an Illinois fan too. So Bruce Pearl was bad after the Iowa stuff, right? So I had to, but I got to know him. I was like, man, this guy's actually a really good coach. I I can't dislike him. So you know, he is. He was pretty impressive. So done a great job there. Marquee game of this weekend though does not involve Bruce Pearl. It does involve Alabama and Tennessee. Tennessee looks like they could be one of the you know two or three best teams in the country. They had that little, uh, they've had a couple of hiccups, but against really good, really good competition. But 
Uh, Dalton Connect is on a roll. He scored, you know, scoring at a really high level. I think he scored 70, what, 70, what is it, 75 points in two games, over a two-game span against Georgia yep. and Florida. And, you know, they've got, Alabama's got to go into Tennessee. Tennessee does not lose at home very often. Only a couple losses in the last three years. Um, so this is a this is a tough game for Bama. And, and, and they've got to find a way to win this because they got other things that are on the plate there at Alabama too, dealing with their, their coach. Yeah, I was surprised when Oates, again, you want adults to stop the kids from doing something stupid. And Oates did prevent anything from blowing up. I don't know if it would have or wouldn't have. But when he kind of laid hands and pushed the opposing player away, then you're in a situation as an adult that you really don't want to be the guy who does that first. Um, and and so some fans have, have said, you know, he needs to be suspended. I know he got a strongly worded letter from the SEC, and I think you he was supposed to read it with his wife wagging her finger at him. <laughs> so um, it felt like it was at home. Yeah, exactly. It's all good. Exactly. And and so, but I do think that one. Um, I, I don't know. What do you think? Have you ever been in a situation where you pushed another player like that? I have not. I mean, I think many times I, I've had a situation where I've gotten between two players. Exactly. Um, but I, I never really try. And and I, I, you know, obviously, you know, for those of you who don't know, I work in a school. So there have been times when I've had to restrain uh, students who are going, who are fighting, right? So this is a little different action, though. I don't get in front and just start shoving them back. Um, Especially when they're six, they're six, six. Well, yeah, I'm smarter <laughs> than NATO, so I don't do that. So, no, but no, uh, so uh, this is uh, this is an interesting thing. I, I don't think I don't know if the suspension's warranted necessarily, but I do think he shows he made poor judgment um, in doing the way he did it, handled the way he did it. About this game though, Mike, I, I my pick, I'm taking Tennessee here because I think Dalton Connect's fantastic. Connect is great, and I will say that that a uh, home advantage there at Tennessee. That's a tough place to play. You if you need a win. You really don't want to be playing a Tennessee at all, especially when they're good and they got a they got a guy who's got you know double thirty point games. Yeah, they're going to be it's going to be tough for Bama. Um, I would say this: I think uh, the Tennessee. I, was, I got to see a game when they played Illinois this this season, and um, it's a really tough place to go in and play. We heard Rocky Top about seventeen times, so um, it, you, it's stuck in your head for a long time. So. Big, big SEC games this weekend. We'll be right back on SEC Radio. Do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life? Are you thinking about it? What if we can promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for the other pills, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pills deliver the exact same results for less than $3. You'll save more than $16 a pill for the same results. And right now, radio callers will get 44 blue or yellow pills for $120 with free discreet shipping. You can save more than $700 off pharmacy prices. Charge your sex life now and save a ton of money. Call now and get your 44 pills and save over $700 and qualify for free shipping. Stop overpaying and call right now. Paid for by Steel Man Pills. 800-218-4958. 800-218-4958. 800-218-4958. 
That's 800-218-4958. Fans of big sports radio and sports spectacular podcasts have a new home on the Chief Sports Network. Find your favorite programs and content all in one place by downloading the Chief Sports app in your mobile device. Created in South Carolina, the Chief Sports Network is the home of an expanding network of live and podcast format programming. It is also the home of one of the leading national college football podcasts, J.C. and Morgan, hosted by ESPN's Mike Morgan and 24-7 Sports' J.C. Sherbert. Download the Chief Sports app for free and find all of your favorite programming under one easy umbrella. Thanks to all of our markets for your loyal support of Big Sports Radio and our Sports Spectacular podcast, and we look forward to connecting with you anywhere in the world on the Chief Sports app. You're listening to Big Sports Radio, SEC edition. Welcome back to Big Sports Radio. Producer Tony stepping into the booth for a little bit. Uh, Larry and Brad have taken a little break. Mike is here with me, and we got a great guest for you right now. We want to continue uh, the talk. The college football world, you know, obviously rocked last week with Nick Saban leaving. We're bringing on Tony Barnhart, uh, member of CBS Sports for years, one of the best Southern football writers you will find anywhere in America, knows the sport inside and out, everything that's going on, always clued in. Tony, welcome to the show. Once again, thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you, guys. I don't, I don't know what we're going to talk about today because this is a really dead period in college football. We'll figure out something. So, Yeah, I think one of the key things, you know, Tony, the deadness was kind of broken up last week with everything that happened in Alabama. What is your take on Nick Saban's legacy other than just, you know, the greatest coach of all time? Well, along with being the greatest coach of all time, he, he has put together a program that you're, you're really never going to see Alabama again you're not you're not going to see that again uh, you know a guy who you know think, think about this he, he comes in has one losing season in 17 years six national chain all those things but to be that consistent for that long at a time when the SEC is as good as it's ever been so I, I just don't I don't think you're going to see it again and I'm going to do a column on this probably later in the week we're not we we don't really fully appreciate Nick Saban now, and we know he's the best that's ever done it. But until we get you know about four years, five years into the twelve team playoff, we're going to say, you know what, that Saban dude was pretty good. It, the The question I have is when you look at this SEC, obviously Kirby Smart's got to be sitting there and thinking, well, I I can slide in and Georgia can take Alabama's place. But th- there are so many moving parts. What do you think it's going to be like in the SEC without being able to look at an Alabama and almost kind of guarantee it's going to win like 12 games in yep. a year? Guys, the way we look at the game is going to completely change in the next four or five years with a 12-game playoff. Because, look, you know, Alabama dominates. We know they're at the top or Georgia's at the top and all that. We're not going to think in those terms. We're going to think more in in NFL terms where there are a bunch of really, really good teams and they're going to meet each other uh, in the playoffs. So I just just think we will completely look at college football in a different way. 
So when you talk about that, when you think about that, do you, is it getting say better for the fans out there with college football? Do you think there's going to continue? Is the interest level going to continue to grow or do you think we're seeing like, will we look back in 10 years that this was the golden era of college football? I, I, the amazing thing guys is that, uh, the game that we see on the field now, what we see every Saturday on the the game is better than it's ever been. There are more great players, more great coaches, more schools have made the financial commitment they have to make to play at the highest level. You know, I think the the numbers have only gone up in college football, and they're going to continue to go up because when we get to, when we get to the end of this season, twenty twenty four, you know, last year there were maybe eight teams that had a shot. It's some kind of shot of making the the four the four team playoff. When we get to the end of this season, twenty twenty four, there'll be twenty teams we're going to talk about. There'll be there'll be 15, 10, 12 teams that are going for those seven the, the you know nine ten eleven and twelve slots just to get in. And so it's going to be it's going to and I think that the interest is from the fans is going to be bigger than it's ever been because they there are more teams that go into the season saying, we got a shot. we got a shot to make the playoff. We don't have to be Alabama or Georgia or Ohio State to make the playoffs. We, we can be a uh, much smaller school and, and do a lot more. Th- I just think it's going to increase the level of interest in college football. Now, you've been around covering the SEC for a long time. How hard is it going to be for Alabama fans to adjust to not mm-hmm. winning a national title every three years approximately? And and would you have taken the job if you were coming down from the University of Washington? Oh, well, first of all, let's let's do the let's do the second question first. Absolutely. If you are Mike DeBoer, you don't you don't you never this sentence never comes out of your mouth. Gee, I don't think I'm gonna do that because it would really be hard. No, that's not the way these guys are wired. It's not the way from what little I know about him. He's wired. You take that job and you do your best. But but the first part of that question is how are fans of Alabama going to view their program? And one of the things that's going to come from having a 12-team playoff is your definition of a really, really good season is going to completely change. 10-2 and two is going to be a really good season. Nine and three will be a good season because you might get in to the playoffs. But this idea that somebody's going to go fifteen and zero, something like that—that's that's not going to happen. Undefeated seasons will be rare. One loss season will be even more rare because there are too many teams that have a chance. Do you think with this twelve-team playoff, then Tony, that you will see some of these bigger schools? stop scheduling these FCS schools for that one game break, or, or are those guys still going to be able to pick up those paydays, which basically, you know, keeps their programs alive. Oh, you know, to me, you've got They call them cupcake games and that's what they are. But the fact of the matter is uh, if you care about college football then you care about college football at all levels, and you want these schools to have an opportunity, they can't do it without the money. They, they, these guarantee checks that they get. So now what will happen is, Remember the old days when schools would schedule two, maybe three of these games, and and they didn't have to pay any kind of a penalty for it. That's what's going to change. You'll get to play one, one tops. You'll have to play in your conference. 
whatever it is, you're allowed to play one. You can play one of those, but you're going to have to play a Power Five team in addition to your eight-game conference schedule if you're in the SEC. So yeah, I think those games survive, but you you can't you can't ask your uh, fan base, your season ticket holders, to pay for two of those. You just can't do it. Can't do it. Well, one question I'd I'd like to get calls on is insane. And now you look that that next year they won't be playing the championship until essentially next weekend. June June twenty June twentieth will be the date of the national championship game at Mercedes Benz Stadium. June twentieth. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So so you got them come you know into January, and then if a coach is to move on at that level, you know retire whatever the whole transfer portal is open for a month. Mm-hmm. Is there a time? Is, are they going to do something like move? Let's say the start of the season into August, and 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 maybe try to you know change where the maybe the transfer portal opens and closes because right now you have people coaches who are trying to recruit their own team go to a bowl, right. recruit other people for their for the recruiting, and then they've got the transfer portal opening and people leaving. I mean, I, I don't know how anybody organizes it with the calendar that, that is out there in front of these guys. That's the number one thing I'm hearing back from coaches. we we got to do something to make the calendar make sense because right now it makes no sense at all. And coaches, coach told me in a conversation, said, you know, he said, you know how many months out of the year I get to go to church with my wife? Two. That's it. That's it, because you're with now with the recruiting calendar being what it is, you got guys coming in on official visits on weekends during the summer, okay? And you might get a month off if you're a coach. And so, I I don't think I've talked to a coach who didn't say we have got to fix the recruiting calendar. And uh, oh, by the way, what about the other end of the recruiting character? In in December when the playoffs are going, you got an early signing period, or which yeah. is the which is the signing period now, anyway. And so all that is going on. So, yeah, I, I, I think – and you know what? If it's going to happen, the American Football Coaches Association are going to have to say, this is what we got to have. If it's yeah. going to happen, it's going to be because of them. So. Okay. Will they throw that weight around and want to do that? And the other question is, you know, Saban retired now at 72. Are we going to see these big-time coaches getting out of the game just because of the, the intensity and the pressure and the – the things that build up, are they going to get out at a younger age? I think they'll get out at a younger age for two, age for two reasons, Tony. And that's uh, obviously that's one of them, the calendar and the stress and the demand. Plus, if you're a head coach at this level and you coach 10 years, you bank a whole lot of money. And you don't, you don't need to work 25 years to be financially secure. You can do it. You can do it. In, in some cases, you can do it in just a few years. So I think that will, that will change as well. Couple quick ones for you is first off, is it have we finally reached the point where the NFL job is the more desirable job because you're not recruiting more than yep. you're actually coaching? And then the second thing is, could could something be done with the bowls? Because it seems like you really don't need them as much. Could could they be something that happens at the start of the year? Right. 
and and maybe you turn the model on its head. You still have bowls. You still can support all the great charities that are involved with them in those cities that are so um, beloved. But could you could you change that and maybe you know the, last year's team earns a bowl bid for this year and is kind of paying it forward and and maybe restructure the season a little bit. I've had coaches tell me that we need to change the way that we look at bowl games, the bowl games, they said, and the one I talked to, he said, bowl games should be not, should not be the last game of this season. It should be the first game of next season. And let's go ahead and do it is do it as an exhibition, do it however you want to do it, but give you a chance to put some structure in your preseason, um, preseason schedule. But, but here's, here's guys, here's what's going to happen with the bowl games right now in a 14 playoff that we've had, there are three playoff games, two semifinals and a final, three games. With a 12-team format, you've got 11, 11 playoff games. And if I'm the TV networks, I'm, I'm going to these advertisers and say, look, you're paying this money in the XYZ Bowl over here. Where you, where you really need to put your money is the, these 11 playoff games that are going to draw much bigger audiences much more advertising revenue and all that. So I think the bowl thing ultimately is going to take care of itself. I think the marketplace is they're going to say, you know, the money is not there for that bowl. Okay, the, now, you know, the Citrus Bowl can find a title sponsor and it would be just, it, it'll be okay. The, the the you know the upper end of the New Year's Day games. I just think that a lot of these bowl games, the, the money is simply going to shift from those smaller secondary bowl games. To the college football playoff and they just simply won't have the money to have those games now they'll still have some of them but uh, not as many we started this conversation talking about nick saban and his legacy obviously you know he had to live up to the, what bear bryant had done and one of the things bryant is noticed for is integrating the southeastern conference mm-hmm. back in the day now you've written a, a, a book about integration at a high school level um Give me, tell us about the book, the title, what it's about, and where the story idea came from, Tony. Well, the title of the book is The 19 of Green, and the green is spelled G-R-E-E-N-E, which stands for Green County. Green County, guys, where we're here in Atlanta, uh, if you get on I-20 going east towards Augusta, when you're halfway to Augusta, you'll see Green County, uh, the Lake Oconee area. It's really brought up. And in the fall of 1970, there, in Greene County, there were two schools. There was Greene County High School, a white school, and Greene County and uh, Floyd T. Carey High School, a black school. And in the fall of 1970, the courts finally ruled that those two schools would have to merge to become one school, fully integrated. And uh, those of us who were on the football team at both schools, we said, well, this will be great. And we'll, we'll get these two schools together. We'll have 60 guys coming up for football. It's going to be great. When, when we finished spring practice in 1970, our first time with the two schools being together, when we finished spring practice in uh, May of 1970, we had 19 guys. Wow. 12 whites, seven black. Those was the guy. That was, that was our football team. We never got a straight answer why they were so low, but the – May have had something to do with the fact that folks were, didn't like the idea of black children and white children playing together. They didn't think that was a very good idea. 
But the the great thing, uh, I ended up doing a book about the season uh, because I, I ran into an old team picture that we had taken in the spring that made it into the yearbook. And I looked at it and I said, I wonder what all these guys are doing there. I stayed in touch with a few of them, but what are these guys doing? And uh, and my, our teammate, uh, Charles Turner, black quarterback who came over from Floyd T. Carey, I called him and we sat down and had lunch in Athens one day. And, and I told him, I pitched him the idea of doing a book and catching up all these guys. He was fired up. He was so fired up. He, he started calling our teammates while we were still at lunch. And uh, and from that, uh, I interviewed all the living. There are fifteen. There were nineteen players. All fifteen are still alive. I interviewed all, and one of them passed away during the time. So there were sixteen guys that were still alive. I interviewed all sixteen of them, all the living coaches, teachers, administrators, citizens, and all that, and turned it into a book about that nineteen seventy season. And uh, it was really neat. It really turned out well. Matter of fact, we had a. We had a uh, book signing and team celebration at Green County High School, where it all began uh, back on December 9th. Had a great turnout. Uh, nine of the guys uh, on the team who were still living, we had about four guys that couldn't make it. They came, and it was a great turnout. And they all got – we put a long table together, and everybody got to sign books, not just me. And that was the, that was the really neat thing. Must be great to see that to also for the – Newer, younger generations to see, you know, who helped pave the way for better relations that we have today. Right. Well, it's, I tell people, Mike, that the store, the book is really not about football. The book is about the fact that 53 years after we played our last game together, these guys have bonded. And the fact that Charles Turner, 53 years after we played our last game, he remains one of my best friends. That's awesome. And in fact, you know, Tony, I'll let you in on one thing. I actually got to officiate a game in Greene County this past year. Uh, cool. Drew from South Georgia, our crew got a game in Greene County, and it was a lot of fun. Very, very hospitable folks. Very good atmosphere for Friday night college football up there in Greene County. Very, very, very proud to be in Greene County. Absolutely. Well, Tony, where can we pick up a copy of the book if, if we want to get one? Just go to Amazon.com and do a search on the ninth, the 19 of green, the 19 of green, and it'll pop right up and you can order it right on Amazon. That's the quickest way to get it. We, we will have some book signings. Uh, we've done we've done about three or four. Hope to do some more uh, later on. But, yeah, that's the quickest way to get the book. Awesome. Well, Tony, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate you uh, taking your time out. Good luck with the book. It sounds interesting. I'll probably pick up a copy in the next couple of weeks and, and take a read, uh, especially after being up there in Greene County. Thank you so much for, for being with us. All right, guys. Thanks. We'll be right back. We're going to wrap up the show, wrap up this hour when we come back. Stay with us. How would you like to get high-speed internet for your home for less than $2 a day? That's right. For about 50 bucks a month, you'll get lightning-fast internet. Are you paying less than 50 bucks a month right now for your internet? Then call Whole Home Connect right now for blazing-fast internet at 50 bucks a month with no price increases, no hidden fees, no contracts, no upfront costs, no equipment fees. It's a great deal. And guess what? You can try it for 15 days. If you don't 
don't like it, you get your money back. But you're going to love it. And you're going to love the price. Internet for your home for 50 bucks a month. That's less than 2 bucks a day. Plus, no contracts, no upfront costs, no equipment fees. And our 15-day guarantee. Call now. 800-215-0341. 800-215-0341. 800-215-0341. That's 800-215-0341. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. 800-448-0828-800-448-0828-800-448-0828-800-448-0828 That's 800-448-0828. You're listening to Big Sports Radio, SEC Edition. Right back here on the show. Uh, Let's talk about NFL right now. Big announcement uh, a couple of days ago. The Dallas Cowboys are not going to change head coaches. Fellas, I'm just going to say that, and then I'm going to turn my mic off and let you go at it. Well, I just want you to know I'm happy for all those Cowboys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I couldn't resist. So, Mike, here you go. At least you know where you're going to be next next playoff season. You're going to be out in the second before you play two games. So there you go. Look, the problem has nothing to do with the head coach. The problem goes with Jerry Jones because he hires the head coaches. Think about this. You hire Mike McCartney, who's who has the longest time of any Super Bowl winning coach of staying with the team yet never going back to the Super Bowl. He had Aaron Rodgers, who was arguably the best quarterback in the league, or at least the top two for his whole tenure, and he couldn't get back to the Super Bowl. And you think he's going to win it with Dak. I mean, the bottom line is Jerry Jones is the guy who hired Chan Gailey and Dave Campo. He's the guy who chased off Jimmy Johnson and Bill Parcells. So there was no way you were going to hire a quality coach when Jerry wants to be, he wants to emote in front of the crowd. This was the worst I've ever felt. He wants all those cameras on him. And that's more important than winning football games. He's the best money-making owner in sports and he can't run his team. My son is 28 years old and he was born after the last Super Bowl victory. Wow. That is, I love the meme where somebody, and it might have been you, Mike, the, there's a meme out there that like the um, um, Scooby-Doo, you know, Fred from Scooby-Doo has like the, you know, the, the criminal and they say, who is this? And it was like a number four jersey. They pulled the mask off. It was Tony Romo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Not <laughs> well, I tell you what, it, it's just, it's sad because you look at the draft this year, you know, Jerry's the, you know, he runs all that stuff because he's the man. But they they were ranked, uh, ESPN ranked 1 to 32, the draft classes this year. Dallas slid in under the wire at 32. Nice work, Jerry. Just <laughs> good work. It's not going to change. I hate to say it, it's not going to change until he hands off to Steven or he dies. And I think he's going to take the Al Davis where you circle the drain for a few years. <laughs> Not sure how Mike really feels, but let's go on to another NFC East team that, uh, boy, this division really, talk about not showing up. Uh, just a big 
in these playoffs. Uh, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles and talk that is it time for him? I mean, he just signed a deal, right? I mean, how could Jalen Hurts not be the guy in Philly? I think Jalen Hurts is fine, but I also think you have to prevent the other team from rushing four guys at him without blocking them. I mean, it, it's insane. <laughs> he basically runs for his life from the time he drops back to pass. And one of the things that made Philadelphia so good was the his ability to make plays with his feet and also the fact that, you know, he could evade some of that. But it's kind of the point where he just, he has no chance. Um, you're basically, you remember Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl when against Tampa Bay when it was just him just, that's how Jalen Hurts feels every game right now. And the last, you know, he's just chased down, nowhere to go, no running game, just can't get anything done. But, you know, how did they go from, basically they were a one call, potentially, what could have been a, a, a call, to, to winning the Super Bowl last year, potentially. Instead, they and then they start off 10 and 1, and then they just they fade into oblivion. Look, the Eagles exist to make Cowboy fans feel better, apparently, because <laughs> between the, the Eagles and and the Browns, at least the Cowboys don't feel totally left out. But the, the bottom line is, is uh, you wonder about Sirianni if there's something going on there. It's hard, it's hard to know because to to have a team go from 10 and 1 to where they ended up that is not easy to do you don't see a face flop like that very often in the NFL yeah and and they were the team i mean they were were they like a one seed most of the season and then just fell off in the back so a lot of questions there in philly maybe not as many questions as in dallas but a lot of questions uh with the eagles hey let's finish off this segment on a high note shall we if you watched uh, rocky 4 you know that hulk hogan, hogan has a heart uh, because he was great, stopped and signed autographs for the kids after he uh, fought Rocky. I know it was on the silver screen, but anyway, no. But but Hulk Hogan actually does have a heart. Great story of him rescuing a teenage girl recently. Well, you know what are you going to do when the Hulkster, you know, runs wild on you? I mean, you know, so he's just he's special. You know, just does it all. <laughs> I, I think um, it, it's really cool to see like athletes, uh, you know, celebrities, you know, kind of make these things. Because let's be honest. He doesn't have anything to, you know, it's really cool to see that they're like real people. They care about others. You know, sometimes we put them on a, especially wrestlers too, because they're like this, these big, sometimes they're the bad guy. Hollywood Hogan was the bad guy for a while. So, but you know, it turns out, you know, they're just like us except, and even brave sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's great. To, it's great to have Hogan help somebody out. Um, he's had a lot of uh, challenges in his, re in his personal life over the years. And it, it, it's great, you know, like I said, when there's an opportunity, you can help somebody get out of a a, a car in a crash. That's that's awesome. And, um, you know, like 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 Brad said, you know, you just take your vitamins, you know, you say your prayers and you can you can win the big one like Hulk, Hulk did uh, all, all those years out there. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Take your vitamins. <laughs> Yep. Hulk Hogan, yeah, 70 years old. Uh, again, there's a multi-car accident in the Tampa area, and uh, I guess he he jumped out and helped this young uh, young lady out of her car with the tools that he had on hand. And so, very very nice, very nice. Um, he's a good, he's one of the good guys. And there you go. The preceding program is a product of Rise Above Productions and Revision Sound. Join us next week for the latest edition of Big Sports Radio, SEC.